So if I only preached about things that I'm really good at or have mastered in my own life, I would stand here every Sunday in mute silence, right? Today I can already hear God chuckling that I'm preaching a sermon about going to others directly when we have conflict or disagreements. Because God knows, God really knows that I'd rather have a root canal than to do that in my own life. It doesn't come easily. So let's just set aside all pretending, okay? And let's just work on this together. Because Jesus is teaching us and giving us some hard but holy work to do together. Let's pray together. Dear God, through your beloved Jesus, you moved toward, toward, toward our world to heal and to mend what was long broken. And in the same way, may your Holy Spirit empower us to do this hard but holy work of moving toward one another in the very same way. And we pray this through Christ. Amen. So over the years, I've always made a practice of ending our membership retreats with a wonderfully truthful quote that Nadia Boltz Weber would share with newcomers when she was their pastor. And since I forgot to share it at our most recent membership retreat in July, I had it right on my lap, ready to share, and something happened, and I forgot to share it. Let me share this quote with all of you. She says this to newcomers. Although you think that our church is really, really special right now, and different from every other church on the planet, Let me tell you that sooner or later, we're going to really disappoint you. It's not a matter of if, but when. One of us is going to let you down. Or one of our pastors, (laughs) me, (laughs) is going to say something really hurtful or stupid. But before that happens, let me invite you today to decide to stay. Because if you run away, if you run away, you're going to miss seeing the grace of God coming and mending the broken places in our community. And that's just too beautiful and too real to miss out on. In other words, what she is saying to all of us is let us end now our quest for the perfect church. Sometimes I meet folks and they visited church after church after church looking for that perfect church. And they'll keep on looking, won't they? Because the church is instead meant to be our school of love our school of forgiveness, 
our school of reconciliation, where we're all learning and training in the beautiful ways of Jesus, the reconciling ways of Jesus together. And because we're all kind of clumsy at these things, we're, there will never be any shortage of opportunities for us to grow and learn in these things together. Amen? Yeah, we're all clumsy lovers, often doing our very best, and still we need to do this work together in the body of Christ. In our 2 Corinthians 5 reading, we see the grand pattern of our faith. Through Jesus, God moving toward our world, toward our world to heal and to mend what has long been broken. This is the beautiful grand pattern of our faith. And in the same way, when we feel that someone in the church has sinned against us, and notice I said, when we feel that way, we are called to move toward rather than away from one another. Toward. I want us to keep that beautiful little word in our hearts today. And in Matthew 18, Jesus shows us that healthy conflict is a normal part of church life. And he give us, gives us a very practical four-step process for working through our hurts and our misunderstandings with one another. And to do so before directly and quietly and early before they explode into large and toxic explosions. And notice at the end of our reading today, since this is such hard but holy work, Jesus says that he will be intimately with us when we are doing this work together. You know, you, we usually say when we have a small meeting, well, where two or three are gathered in his name, Jesus is with us. But the context here is actually when we're doing the hard work of moving toward one another. Jesus promises to be with us. Up front this morning, let me say that I believe that if we all practiced Jesus' very first step of simply going to one another directly, quietly, and alone, the vast, vast majority of all of our tensions and conflicts would be resolved right there. Why? Because we often discover when we go directly that their hurting us was not intentional. How many times have we experienced that? Someone is surprised. They didn't know that they had hurt us. Or we discover that they are carrying a huge heavy burden that we can't see. Or sometimes they tell us a truth about ourselves that we had not seen 
Maybe we're the one who unknowingly started the whole thing. So this morning, I want to give us some brief reflections to help us prepare to just take that very first step of going directly. Before we do this, I want us to think about these things. First of all, our purpose for going to one another, our motivation, our goal, really, really matters. In my Bible, the heading above this passage says, reproving, which means rebuking, another who sins. I really disagree with that. I strongly disagree with that. That sets the whole tone for what we think is coming next. And in our Mennonite tradition, this passage has often been used in just this kind of spirit as a kind of checklist to go cut off our neighbor or to start another church split. No, no, no. Please, no. We have to notice the context. Right before our passage today, if you have your Bible open, comes the parable of the shepherd seeking out that one last sheep. That's our motivation. And afterward, Jesus tells Peter to forgive 77 times. Clearly, as Jesus says in verse 15, the goal needs to be to regain our brother and sister and to restore our communion with them. Second, before we go to speak to one directly, to someone directly, let us be sure to practice CPR. Calm down, pray, and reflect. Calm down. If your hair is on fire, be sure to put it out first. <laughs> Second, pray. Dear God, open and soften my heart toward this person. Reflect. Why? We have to do our inner work. Why is this person triggering me in this way? Are they showing me something that I need to see and to face and to understand? You know, sometimes when I get to this stage in this CPR process of reflection, I discover that this whole tension has a lot more to do with me than with the other person. And when I discover that through my prayer and inner work, the anger can start to fizzle and fade away. Let me mention a couple of important exceptions to going to someone directly. And this is very, very important. First, if there is a power imbalance 
it is important and appropriate to bring another person with you. Second, if you feel unsafe, or if you have been harmed by this person, go directly instead to someone in our church who you completely and fully trust for help. Finally, for those of you who don't think in words, but who think in images, in word, or in pictures, let me leave two for you to take with you into this week. The first one is simply one of movement and directionality toward, moving toward our neighbor. Carry this orientation into your week. And the next time you're having some tension, ask yourself, am I moving away or toward this person? And you know, sometimes just not running away from someone is our first step toward them. A second image is that of an open and soft heart that refuses to close, to harden, or ever to hate. You know, friends, more and more for me, following Jesus is about keeping my heart open and soft, come what may. Keeping our hearts open and soft, not hardened, soft, tender, come what may. Just like our Lord Jesus. So, dear friends, as I confessed at the start, this is really hard, but holy work. And so, at this table today, our Lord Jesus is saying to all of us, come, come, come. And, his, and in his great love for us, Jesus has prepared a simple meal where we may be nourished by his grace, given bread and drink for the journey, and where we may be sustained, sustained by deep communion with him and with one another. Thanks be to God. Amen.